It's time for Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome in, everybody, to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa with you once again, joined, as always, by my pal, you know him, former Jets linebacker. It is Bart Scott. Bart, it's Thanksgiving week, my friend. It's finally here. How the heck are you? Kuna Matata, man. A lot of things to be thankful for. Um, thankful to be here doing a show with you. Let's let's get it going. Absolutely. Same bright back at you, my friend. Jets yesterday were in the ball game against the Miami Dolphins. That was a game that was tied after each of the first three quarters, but the Dolphins made a couple extra plays that proved to be the difference, and they walk out of MetLife Stadium with a 24-17 triumph. Jets fall to 2-8 and eight on the season and 0-4 in the AFC East. It stings a little bit more. I mean, you know this. The rivalry games, the division games, those are ones that count a little more extra special. Those always seem to sting a little bit extra when you don't get the job done, right? Yeah, especially, right? When you know this opponent that you should be able to compete with, this was comparing apples to apples. And um, just, the, once again, the lack of communication. You talk about the youth. The youth is not understanding. You know, you give up a wheel route when you're responsible for the deep third, but you're looking at the first receiver, not knowing that the second receiver in the slot has went behind you. Talk about the pivotal penalty from uh, Franklin Myers. You know, just selfish or not selfish, just inexperienced, inexcusable, you know, from somebody who's been in the league for a while, understanding how they call games nowadays. And also the miscommunication um, with Joe Flacco, with coming off the edge and, and, and the hit that caused the fumble when they were in the scoring position, the missed field goals. When you're a team that's trying to get a victory, those are things that you have to sure up. You can't have self-inflicted wounds and you can't leave points on the you know off the board when you have the ability and the opportunity to get that. You talk about the um, delay of game when you're going for the other field goal. And I think you take the delay of the game and you decide to punt and play the field position battle because your kicker hasn't hit at a high level and you don't want to give them a short football field. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's enough blame to go across the board, but you know, the, the team is learning. They, they showed, uh, they showed a better representation of themselves, but you know, at the end of the day, they still didn't get the victory. I think Coach Sala said something interesting, kind of alluding to that point in his post-game press conference on Sunday when he said 90% of the games in this league are lost. They're not won. And, you know, you said it's self-inflicting wounds. And even if you're one of the best teams in the NFL, if you continually beat yourself over the course of a 60-minute game, you're going to have a hard time walking out of there victorious. And especially a young team like this Jet squad is, you know, you're going to have to play close to a perfect game and, and not do things that are going to end up hurting you in the long run. And there were a few too many of those yesterday. You know, you hit on it. How about, you know, I think overall the offense did some good things, you know, led by Joe Flacco, of course, and we saw those youngsters, Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, flash again. They moved the ball up and down the field, but four trips inside of Miami territory, they didn't come away with any points, right? You mentioned the fumble down at the five-yard line. You had the two missed field goals. So you got to cash in on those opportunities when they present themselves in a football game. Absolutely. It's a direct correlation between taking care of the football and also scoring in the red zone, what most people call the green zone, because that's where the money is made right there. Right. Not only, you know, is it disheartening or def deflating, you know, when you do that, it also gives the other opposing team good field position, you know, especially when you're missing field goals. And also when you when you come away with no points, it's deflating. You work all that way to get down there. You come up with nothing. And then you look up and you give up a big play on the other end. That's a 10 point swing. 
So, you know, you know, that's the next step. Then, you know, they move the ball in between the hashes, but they have to be able to cash in and get touchdowns because that's how you win in this league. No doubt about it, too. And also, I thought, you know, maybe some miscommunication with those timeouts early in the second half. Not to say it yeah. would have been a total difference in the end, but remember, Miami bled a lot of that clock in the fourth quarter. I think the Dolphins had the ball something like 11 out of the 15 minutes in that fourth quarter. Jets were down to only one timeout at that point, so that kind of played into the hands of the Dolphins to be able to shed a lot of that clock off and don't give and don't leave the Jets a lot of time for any type of potential comeback here. I mentioned Elijah Moore. You know, the last four games, he just continues to flash and improve and to really leave his mark and fulfill some of these expectations we all had of him when he was picked early in that second round. I mean, last four games here, 24 catches, 346 yards and four touchdowns. And hearing him talk after the game, I thought it's a sign of maturation and a sign of a guy who really is starting to understand what he's supposed to do out there, Bart, aside from just playing, that on that touchdown reception he had, he had to cut his route short because he saw that the Dolphins were lined up maybe for a nickel blitz there. So he cut his route short about an extra couple of yards, and that allowed Flacco to get rid of the ball on time, and then it was off to the races. So that's a good play overall by a rookie. Well, you talk about the maturation and Joe Flacco fading back enough to understand a by time. You know, we call that like a double slant and he crossed the face of the defender, understanding that he had to attack the defender's outside shoulder, you know, because they had been successful running out and being able to get first downs running outs. And then, you know, the, the maturity to understand what's going on, understand who's hot, and be on the same page with Joe Flacco, who put it on a rope where only his receiver can get it. But also the ability to say, okay, listen, it's one thing to, to, to understand that the hot route is coming. It's another thing to beat my defender across the face. But to finish it and to be special, I have to be able to make sure that I don't get walked from behind. So let me be able to make a reservation for six for the end zone. And he was able to do that. And that's a sign of a guy who's a playmaker because you're not in until you're in. You know, we've seen, you know, teams get down there in the red zone or get on a one yard line, two yard line and still come away with no points or kick a field goal. So, they, you know, you have to make sure that you, you finish the deal. And he had opportunity for explosive play. And he did something that has, you know, rarely been done in Jets history. You talk about his one, I believe, 41 141 yards or maybe 160, I'm not sure, you know, was just Lavernius Coles was the only one that was even close. And whenever you put yourself in the same you know, uh, breath as Lavernius Coles in this franchise, you're doing something good. Yeah. As a rookie, absolutely. To have a game like that against a division rival and also against a pair of pretty darn good corners, right? And Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. And yeah. even Xavier Howard came up to him after the game and said, hey, you know what? Just keep doing your thing. So if you're getting that respect, from a guy on the other sideline who's one of the tops in the league at his position, that tells you how far this kid is coming. And you know what? If you're a Jet fan, you should be really excited about what the future lies in store. Yeah, you should be excited, right? You should be excited by the fact that, you know, three, you're getting direct um, productivity from, you know, three people on the offensive side that your team picked in the first and second round. You think about Vera Tucker, what he continues to do, Michael Carter, what he continues to do. And the fact that, you know, you're getting productivity from the second round, right? You're getting yep. productivity from players from the second round, and you still hope to get Zach Wilson back. You hope to get Makai Becton back. And that's what you talk about, building a bully. But you don't build a bully overnight. You build a bully over time. And, um, you know, this young team, you know, we're going to have Bryce Hall on a little later. And, you know, he's somebody that, you know, the Jets got in the second round that has first grade talent you know, playing, you know, well on the outside. And the good thing when you look at all this, it's a gift and a curse, right? The, the, the gift right now is the fact that they're young, they're going to grow together, and they're cheap. The bad part is 
when they all come together and they 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 live up to their potential, you're gonna have to pay them all at the same time. So that's the that's the issue, but that's yep. a good issue that all teams hope to have. You hope that you draft people and you decide who's gonna stay long term for the second contract and who are you gonna let walk out the door. But you know, let's focus on the first process right now. You know, they're young, they're cheap, and they're playing very well. No doubt about it. It's inside the Jets, supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. Another one of those rookies who had himself another good game yesterday and has come on really strong of late is Michael Carter, the running back out of North Carolina. You know, he had that 39-yard scamper yesterday right on the first play of that drive after the Ashton Davis interception. Almost got it into the end zone, but overall, Bart, another good game for the youngster. 63 yards on the ground, 7 yards per pop. Unfortunately, he had to leave with an ankle injury, and we find out that he's going to miss at least the next couple of weeks on the comeback trail. So it's unfortunate for him, number one, and it's also unfortunate for this offense because, you know, another young player who's helping you not only in the running game, he was contributing in the passing game as well. You hope that it's only a couple of weeks so this guy can continue his upward ascent with his football team. Yeah, because really it's about the development, right? And you want to give him experience. You want him to see as many complex, different defenses as he can so that he can get that knowledge and be put in as many situations as he can. Now, unfortunately, you know, the fact that he's injured um, gives somebody else an opportunity to get that invaluable um, experience. Um, Ty Johnson gets to come up. Coleman gets to come up. Uh, maybe P. Ryan is activated. And you want to be able to see what those guys can do. But, you know, he's proven to us that he is a weapon. He's the future. He should be the, you know, the number one back, RB1, so so to speak. And um, he's going to be okay. He's going to be around for a long time, and he is as advertised. No doubt about it. Now, also yesterday in this game, Robert Solid decided to make a few lineup changes, maybe just to spark the team a little bit, see what he has in some of these other players. We saw our buddy, the doctor, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. He got all the reps at right guard, trying to fill in there for Greg Van Roten on the uh, offensive line. And defensively, he saw some new faces in the secondary. And look, there were some young, inexperienced mistakes that we saw. You know, Isaiah Dunn at the corner position. You had Riley at one of the safeties as well. So, trying to mix new guys in, give them some experience, see what you had. And a guy that we talked about earlier in the season got a long look yesterday again, and that was Quincy Williams, who got back in there and played starter reps at the linebacker position. 15 tackles for Quinnen's brother. So these guys, every single rep is meaningful for them. I mean, you could speak to that as well as anybody as a young player. Well, you talk about, you know, you know, Quinn Williams and what he was able to do running and hit stick, right? He's a human's hit stick, right? And he had his hits have a certain sound. You talk about Riley as well. He was right there. You know, he was he was physical. Um, he was sudden and he believed in his eyes. And it was good to see that, you know, they have more young, talented players there. I thought they played well together. Uh, listen, it's never perfect. And they'll they'll shore some things up, but I I really like what I saw from Riley. I expected that from from Williams now because you know that's the reputation, right? You are what you put on film, and he's consistently been putting that he plays with his hair on fire, that he has no regard for his body, and he's physical, and he'll hit anything, anytime, anywhere, and you like that. No doubt about it here. Remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app presented by Fubo Sportsbook. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. Jets will get another look at the Dolphins coming up in a few weeks when they have to head down to South Florida. When you and I come back, Bart, we are going to talk to a member of that Jets secondary. He almost is now one of the elder statesmen, even though he's only in his second year in the league. That's cornerback Bryce Hall right here on Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. 
All right, welcome back to Inside the Jets. Dan Grosso alongside Bart Scott. Now it's time for our player guest segment brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And we're joined today by a member of that Jets secondary, second-year cornerback Bryce Hall. He's nice enough to spend a couple of minutes here with us on the program. Bryce, Dan Grosso, Bart Scott, thanks for hopping on today, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, you're playing well. I know you're doing well, but you're playing well as, as well. Um, did you expect to have the level of success that you've had early on? You know, I think early in the training camp, you know, everybody was wondering, like, well, what are you going to do as far as getting some veteran leadership, you know, on, on at the corner position? You guys have been a non-factor. I know you guys gave up a couple of big plays yesterday as you guys continue to battle with, you know, just having enough healthy bodies. But did you expect for yourself personally, you know, after the injuries in college coming in and, you know, having some injuries early in camp your first year, but being able to kind of be a non-issue, which is a good thing in this league? Yeah, honestly, um, I kind of expected to be playing even better. Uh, and that's just kind of like the goals and the things that I set for myself. Um, just even coming out of college, um, you know, anything I do, I try to do to the best of my ability and be one of the best to, to do what I do. And so that's the kind of the standard. That's the goals I kind of set for myself. And so um, I think it's, you know, where I'm at, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm doing well, but there's another level that I'm um, expecting out of myself to go to. And uh, that's just kind of how I look at it. The next, the next level, of course, is being able to get some turnovers and get some interceptions yeah. and become one of those lockdown type of corners. But, you know, you've been in the league and you've gone against some tough receivers. You talk about just going against Buffalo and Stephon Diggs and some of the other opponents that you've had. You know, what are you learning as far as the type of receivers and the nuance of the position as far as being able to gather, depending on what technique you're using, if you're in cover two or two man or you have a robber? What are you learning as far as understanding, like getting a book on some of these premier receivers that you're going to face over and over in your career? Mm hmm. Well, first, it's it's I'm learning that, um, you know, I really belong out there with anybody that um, is a receiver that I go up against. You know, I've been a, I've been up against some of the um, people in the league who are considered very high level receivers. And um, and it's a blessing to be out there. Uh, and one thing that I've learned is, you know, hey, you belong out here. You can run with these dudes. And so I think that confidence is the first step um, and just learning that that finishes everything. You can be in good technique. You can have good technique, be in good position. Um, and at this league, you know, guys are that good where they can make those catches. And so that's a, one thing I'm learning too, is, is all the way to the finish, straight into the finish to the catch point. And then, like you said, just coming down with those interceptions, I'm in position. Um, those things are going to start coming there. The interceptions are going to start coming. Those, those big plays are going to stop happening are going to start happening. I have no doubt in my mind, and um, I'm excited for just getting every every opportunity that comes. And so I look forward to that. You know, I know the coach tells the rookies that by this point of the season, you're not a rookie anymore, right? You've been doing this for a number of weeks, a number of months yeah. that, you know, you should feel like you belong. You're in your second year, but do you almost feel like you're a seasoned veteran at this point, given how much football you've already packed into just a couple of seasons in the NFL? Yeah, um, I believe so. And, you know, um, in this in this league, you know, you grow up quick. And so just even having, you know, on our defense, um, even though we're young, it's like um, that's one of the things is I've, I've learned is like 
you know, you got to grow up quick in this league. And, you know, there's a reason why, you know, kind of guys come in and out. And so um, I'm already, I played a bunch of games here. And so that's the next step as well is, is getting, bringing other people along and carrying out that leadership role. So that's definitely something that um, has been um, a, a factor and in, in something that has been uh, on my plate to step up as. You know what they say is never is no fun when the rabbit got the gun. And right now you guys are the rabbits, right? And understanding that maybe the league is taking advantage of your youth, um, being in the beginning of a process of a rebuild. But eventually you guys are going to become the veterans. And, you know, do you how do you kind of internalize the fact that, okay, you know, we're young, but this is a young, cheap group that's going to be together for a long time. And when we get it and we all get our stride together. Are you taking names like the Golden State Warriors? Like, all right, I remember you was laughing. I remember you was out here talking stuff. Because when we come of age, we're going to be ready to go. We're going to be together for a long time because we're at the beginning of the process. Mm. That's uh, – um, I think that's uh, um, a mindset that's so critical to have. It's like it's, – it's not always going to be this way. And, you know, um, and I know in the NFL you kind of – guys filter in and out. And so sometimes you don't have that chemistry um, that you would like to, but I, I full, I full heartedly believe in, in, in this program and what, you know, coach Salah's building the coaches and, and everything like that. You know, I've been around, um, you know, a culture and a program change when I was at Virginia, um, all new, all new faces coming in and, and being able to take um, a program around. And one thing I always remembered that my coach would always say, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I think when you have that belief, it's so critical as a young group. Um, yeah, things may not be going the way we'd hope it right now, but let's not jump ship, you know, let's stay stay the course, stay faithful. And like you were saying, like, even though we're young, you know, it, it's not always gonna be like this. And if you can turn your mindset and your vision not to just be thrown off by what's, you know, all right in front of you, but look at the bigger picture and what's what's the possibility, what's the potential, and you look at it like that and keep going after it. I I really think and really believe like you know it's going to be special when it when it when it does happen. Bryce Hall joining us here on Inside the Jets. You know, you look at the secondary that you guys trotted out there to begin the game yesterday. I think it's three quarters of them weren't even active come week one. So you being the elder statesman and given the fact that, you know, LaMarcus Joyner, Marcus May, those guys suffered injuries, you know, veterans, mm -hmm. if you will, you know, do you feel almost like, hey, you have to kind of take on a little bit more of that leadership role, even though you're only in your second season yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether I like it or not, that's the reality of what, what we have here. And I think the cool part about it is we have like the right character of people like you know there's not a guy in our secondary in, in, in the group that i'm around that's like you know a me guy or it's hard to really like work with and i think that's what's cool um at this point it's like if i if i communicate something if i speak to them i know they're listening because you know we have that relationship aspect um, I remember my first year coming in, you know, I was kind of coming in and I was just like listening to whatever the older guys were saying, do this, do that. And, um, you know, having that relationship, building that 
time is critical. And even though we got new guys coming in and out, haven't spent that much time, the cool part about it is, you know, they're good dudes and been able to just bond with them. And um, I think that is key in um, me stepping up. And so when I do say something, if I do, you know, try and help them out, they know it's coming from a place of love. And um, I think that's the that's the reality of, of what I'm in right now. And I, and even if it's not what I had envisioned, it's it's like growing up fast. And so I, I, I'm all for it because it's going to it's going to push me to become a better player in the end. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm grateful for that opportunity, you know, second year in the league, not even half, you know, just halfway through the, the second season. You know, that's just the nature of the league. I tell you what, your, your core is your core, right? When I came in the league, I was trying to punch a, a roster that had Ray Lewis on it, Adelius Thomas, oh, had man. Pro Bowl or Super Bowl champions on it. And um, I had a nice seat from the sideline for the, for the first couple of years of my career. So you're getting invaluable um, experience. But who's that one guy? We always got that <laughs> one guy, man. Every time, like, he's, like, always locked into his job. And in this game, you know, you got to communicate. And you got to open it up because it's like, okay, listen, man, I got a man to man, but he's off the ball. Your man's on the ball. You know what I mean? It's better for us to open this thing up for, for us to maybe pass this or limbo this. I don't know what words you guys use, but it's always those Captain Literal Man guys that always say, no, this is my guy. Like, bro, like, look look at the formation. Open your vision up, man. Who's that guy, man, that's just like, this coach told me I got this guy. I'm just going to run with this guy. We always got one. Who's that guy for you that you're trying to communicate with? You got to convince him that you're telling him the right stuff. Man, I can't do that to to my dude right now. Yeah, but, but you, yeah, you wipe your eye. You know it's some. It's usually I, that nickel. <laughs> Man, you know, you know, there's, you know, the, you know, you got those those guys, and um, I don't want to rat them out on this. I'm a so, and and I get it. I've been, I've been. Got uh, the blinders on, man. Take take the blinders off, man. Look at the big picture, bro. You can help me out. I can help you out. What's up? Let's work. Yeah, yeah. That's part, and and that's part of being young too. It's like. You get so locked in, and I'm talking to myself too. Like, man, hey, and first year in the system, yeah, man, like it's we're 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 learning it, we're figuring it out, and so hey, coach says this, let's do this, and uh, I think that's where I think you know I think there's a little bit of that in, in, in all, right, all so of us. So blink two times if it's Michael Carter. Blink two nah, times if it's Michael. I, I can't do that. <laughs> You don't want to give his guys up. He's like, nah, it's a holiday week. Hey, nobody, it's a nobody, holiday. Nobody, nobody's off, yeah. yeah, nobody's listening. <laughs> it's all good. It's just us <laughs> and the fans. Yeah. Let's take a quick timeout. We're going to have more with Bryce Hall coming up next here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. All right, welcome back to Inside the Jets. Stan Gross of Bart Scott. Joined by Jets cornerback Bryce Hall here on the program. There was a lot made, of course, Bryce, about the performance of the defense. Everybody knows what the numbers were the last few weeks. They didn't go the way that you guys wanted them to. Overall, yesterday was better, of course, even though you guys didn't walk away with that victory. How do you think you played as a whole on the defensive side of the ball against Miami? Um, I think overall we played well. Um, but, you know, you see in this league, like, two, three plays decide the factor of a game. And that's just, you know, the way it is. And so um, I think we're getting better as a defense. And I think we played well. Um, is it to our standard? We can, we know we want to play, you know, way more dominant, maybe eliminate some of the more explosive plays. But um, overall, I think, you know, it was um, a solid effort. Now, when you talk about the performance, right, and 
you know, you guys are, are dealing with something that's unique, right? You continue to lose guys and guys are having to be filled in. Um, when now, when you think about it and you talk about going to the game and the week of preparation, are you guys starting to really get the attention of the guys that are on the back end of the roster saying, hey, man, at any moment you can be in? Because sometimes it's hard to do, right? Because when you're young, you you lock into I'm a special teamer. That's how I'm going to be in this league. That's how I'm going to stay in this league. And all of a sudden you get an injury, and now you're forced to duty and to action. You know, with what, what has happened with you guys? Are you getting guys to lock in a little bit more knowing that, hey, man, we're thin, that, you know, we have to not only do the special teams, but we also are going to have to be able to contribute and our number may be called because it's a battle of attrition. You guys are playing more games, especially not particularly you, but the younger guys are playing games for the week 11. Their season's almost over with. You know, you guys are just getting warmed up. Yeah. And that that's the hardest um, spot to be in is, you know, being a, being a backup because you got to know the starting role, but you don't get the starting reps. Um and so, but I think we've been doing a good job. Um, everybody, you know, we've been, you know, meeting together more just, you know, without the coaches in and just having those dialogues and having that communication, um, just taking it to the next step. So I feel like, you know, we have been um, emphasizing that and realizing, you know, the reality of our situation. And that's a good thing because it's going to, you know, just having that, that's what I was talking about a little bit earlier is, you know, we're spending more time together trying to get on the same page outside of just set times. And, you know, that's going to come back to, I feel like, be a good reward for us, you know, even moving forward in these in the future of, of, of this program. How about away from football, Bryce? I mean, obviously you want to be able to have that life outside of the game and recharge the batteries a little bit. We know you got a young family at home. You have a new baby, so congratulations on that. But what do you like to do to just get away from football on the side when you're with your friends and family? Yeah. Well, man, so, I mean, this season, uh, my wife, she's just been holding it down. And so when I get home, I'm on, I'm on baby duty. And I love it. I just get to go home, rock her to sleep, you know, just spend time with them. And I really don't do too much outside of that. Not really much time else. Um, but I got to figure out, you know, in the off season, you know, a little hobby. You know, I might pick up golf, something like that. I hear it's pretty good, relaxing, golf. Um, fun, okay. fun thing to do. Yeah, man, that might be an off season project to get into. But, yeah, man, nothing really much other than that. You know, football, come home, spend time with the fam, just relax. And, and you know, I might I might watch a movie here or there. Um, I really like the show Manifest on Netflix. It's, like, awesome. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my lifestyle. I don't do too much. I just kind of chill, hang out, you know, um, doing that stuff. Well, the, the wives are definitely the unsung heroes of the of the house, right? As we are absentee dads for the most part, right? We come home and we can do a little candy yeah. ruin. You know, they're good now. Just wait till your kids start running around and pulling the plugs out of you. <laughs> and you, you know, because you know, dads watch kids totally different, right? We listen for for, for the sounds uh, or the sound of silence or things going wrong, right? We, we yeah. kind of lay on the couch and say, hey, everything all right in there? Like parents are, yeah. moms are more more parents. So like, listen, prepare for it, right? I, I've been there, done that. But um, that's a joy. Um, golf is a good thing. 
you know, out here with yeah. all the snow, if you're going to stay here in the offseason, uh, you might want to pick up bowling or something like that, some some <laughs> some, some go-kart racing or something <laughs> like that inside. Um, but that being said, like, what's the goals, personal goals for yourself? You know, coming down the stretch, right, you guys have some winnable games. Um, if you're going to win some of these games, you know, you're going to have to start putting a little bit more pressure on yourself. You know, and everybody should, right? When you lose a Marcus May, you lose Joyner, uh, you lose Carl Lawson, you know, everybody got to try and pick up a little bit. So, like, what's what's your individual goals as far as trying to trying to get some interceptions? Are you writing them down and, and sticking them to your locker? You know, are you doing things like well, that? Yeah, uh, right division, make it plain. That's been my um, ever since I was in high school. Uh, one of my one of my mentors, he he had me uh, write down my goals, and I and I would do that every year. And so I, I got them up, got my goals listed up on my mirror, where I look at them each and every day. Um, I won't share those personal goals with you, but just, you know, in terms of, of, of like, like you said, just taking, turning those um, PPUs and interceptions that that's going to take, um, you know, me from just, you know, being good to, to great. And that's what I want to do. I got to figure out, you know, um, how I can get that done, you know, being in more intentional in practice and all that stuff. Uh, but that's definitely the mindset is those are game changing plays. And that's where, I think my game's going to go to the next level when I come out with that mentality of, okay, it's not good enough getting that uh, PBU. We got to take the ball away. We got to score, doing that next level stuff. And so, um, you know, personally, that's kind of my focus. And I feel like if I can do that, I'm going to help the team out tremendously. Um, of course, not doing anything outside of my job, being patient for when my opportunities come. But, but yeah, just, just taking that to the next level. Who, who's the guy? You've been in the league a couple of years now. You've gone up against a lot of really good receivers. Is there one guy in particular that you got matched up with that, you know, you look back and you say to yourself, whether he had a good game against you or not, but you said, boy, he's going to bring his best, and I know I'm going to have to bring my best each and every day because he's going to make me work. Is there one guy that left that impression on you, maybe more so than any other? <clears throat> you know, that's a, that's a good question. Um you know, I would say with Diggs, I didn't get matched up on him um, too much on the game. Again, I didn't really go up against him that much. But I could just see the way, you know, the way he competed out there. In my opinion, you know, with with him, it's not much like he has, like, the super speed or, mm -hmm. like, a tremendous length or size or anything. It's, it's just the way he competes and – you know, he wants the ball and he wants he wants uh, his opportunities. And I like that. Um, and so I think always having that mindset of and, and it's good because we play them twice a year. And so I think he's going to that's a good I think he was somebody um, that even though I didn't get matched up on him, you know, played a bunch of different guys. I just I just noticed that um, about him. And um, I think that's that's good. I think that's good. No, once once upon a time in in that building we had an island, like um, guys that you know did that just matched up with the number one guy. Is that what you're inspiring to be? And, and if so, what what's what what does that notebook look like, right? Because you know we knew that hey, you know I'm from the, I'm from um, from Baltimore as well. I played with the with the Ravens for seven years, but understanding that okay, Chad Johnson when he's getting the ball, he wiggles his fingers, right, and he plays with his gloves. When he's not doing anything, he he just sits up there, and he lines up. Like, are, what kind of what kind of notebook are you getting 
on these on these guys that you're going to see multiple times because you or Diggs aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Man, that is uh, like I said, man. It, I've been trying, you know, anything I do, I want to be the best I possibly possibly can be at. And, and um, early on in college, I love, and I see, I see uh, Rebus's photo every time I leave the weight room, you know, and it's inspiring what he did. And um, I love to, you know, I talked to my guy, Jared, um, in the media, Jared. Yeah, Jared. And I, 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 I've been asked, you know, I'll ask him about how he worked and things like that. And, um, you know, one thing that was really cool about Rebus and, and that he said that kind of took me, I didn't know, is, you know, he was so gifted as an athlete, as a player, but the way he studied people, the way he studied, you know, splits and all that other stuff was just unreal next level. Like you said, his notebook. And um, that's where I'm going. That's, that's where I go with it. Like, I wish I could show you my notebooks uh, before games. One of my uh, Michael Carter, the uh, the running back, he asked me uh, early on in the week. He's like, you know what, you know how you feeling about this, you know game and all that other stuff. Like you ready? And I showed him my notebook. And then the next thing he said is, so how much of that do you actually got down? Because you got to take that <laughs> over to the game. And so I'm finding that process of all the like having the notes and having all this stuff, but obviously being able to meditate on that internalize it, and take it to the game and so i'm learning i'm still learning that my process but um i i, I take it to that level of, of of you know i use his you know Revis, his guy kind of what i've heard as um that's how i try and approach the game and especially you know whether it's you know we're practicing against Devonte adams going up against Devonte adams in the you know the practice um early on in the year um I, was, I took that same mentality. I'm like, man, this is going to be fun. Like, let's get after this. And, you know, I, I didn't have any tape really um, as far as, like, what they would do this year and all that stuff. But, you know, even after the first practice, I'm going over, looking at all the clips, looking at, okay, what's he doing, alignment, all that. Like, let's get a beat on that. Um, so, you know, I try and approach it that way. And uh, like I said, I mean, I, I just want to be the best I can possibly be. You know, will I be the best – corner who knows but will i try to be absolutely and if i fail at least i went out trying it i'll, I'll leave you with this because i was around ray revis but also i was around chris McAllister, samari roll some of my great corners in baltimore and um to be honest cromarty probably was better athletically than all of them but lacked the, the mentality to be great all the time so i'll leave you with this and i get this from bernard hawkins all the time what's built last longer than what's born. And what mm. made Revis so great is his patience at the line of scrimmage, but the fact that he was going to be the same person every play, every practice, it didn't matter. He had attacked practice and walked through the same way. And not just saying that he didn't he didn't goof off or he didn't have fun, but he still wouldn't yeah. let guys and walk through catch the ball either. It was a mentality mm. and a mindset. So I'll leave you with you again. What's, 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 what's built lasts longer than what's born. We're all born That's with certain good. skills, but if you build it, it'll last a lot longer. Because at some point, you may not realize this. You won't be as quick as you used to be. You won't be as fast as you used to be. Yeah. But if it's built and you have tremendous fundamentals, you'll still be dominant. That's good. I appreciate that wisdom right there. That's good. 
It's a good lesson for everybody, for sure. Bryce, we really thank you for joining us here on the show here. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. What are, what are the Thanksgiving plans? Are, are, are you, do you get your hands dirty in the kitchen? Are you, are you involved in the preparing of the food? What is Thanksgiving in the Bryce Hall household looking like this year? <laughs> Thanksgiving is something new. I've only been married for a year now, so it, it's still evolving the little traditions. But my love her, wife, you gotta love her cooking too. If you love her, you gotta <laughs> yeah, love her cooking my, too. My wife, my wife, I don't want to get in her way because she throws down some amazing food. Last last Thanksgiving, it was it was the bomb, and so uh, I might be on baby duty while she goes ham in the kitchen this year. <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know if you know this, but Ty Johnson, he's like a master chef, and he does it all and then some on Thanksgiving. Uh, he cooks two turkeys. At least he told us last year he cooked two turkeys for Thanksgiving. So you need any tip or anything like that? Hit up Ty Johnson or maybe invite him over. He could cater the whole thing. I'm sure he's got it covered. You know, I heard that actually. And um, I think Javelin Gidry was the one who's telling me because he had some of his food. Like, it was amazing. So I might have to dabbling something you better eat your wife food you better not eat nobody else food boy you yeah sleeping alone you better eat your wife food okay how good type guys the food is you better stay where your pocket is you know where the whole team at (laughs) there's room for leftovers come on there's room for leftovers this last three days thanksgiving it takes you into the weekend that's the beauty of it the whole thing but bryce (laughs) thanks for joining us man really appreciate it and again happy thanksgiving to you and your family and we'll do this again soon thanks a lot yes sir it's my pleasure thanks for having me All right, that's Bryce Hall joining us here on Inside the Jets. Still got a lot more here. Dan Gross and Bart Scott coming right back. Presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Gross alongside Bart Scott. And Inside the Jets is brought to you also by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code GREEN for a special offer when you sign up. It's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As usual, Bart, Week 11 provided another dose of we don't know what the heck we're talking about with some of these NFL games because surprises galore. I mean, shoot, not so much a surprise, but all of a sudden you look at this Kansas City Chiefs team who a few weeks ago people wanted to bury them. They couldn't stop anybody on defense. The offense hasn't looked the same. Lo and behold, I think they're now the betting favorite once again in the AFC to go back to the Super Bowl. It's crazy. And once again, Vegas is going to be wrong. It's it's weird, right? Because sometimes you're living good, right? And maybe Andy Reid is living good. They saged the building. Maybe they're getting the uh, the the um, shredded Betty price for for Mahomes. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, right. you think about you think about the fortune that they've had, right? They they barely beat the Giants, but they played the Giants without any of their weapons, right? Yep. Then they go and they play Green Bay with with Jordan Love, not uh, the blast man on the planet. And then yesterday they played you know, arguably the, the hottest team in all of football in the Dallas Cowboys with no Amari Cooper, no C.D. Right. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott banged up, no no Lawrence, no Gregory in the lineup. And, you know, they only managed to put up, what, 19 points, right? So they can say this defense is fixed. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with this offense because I don't think the defense is fixed. They've just been benefiting from not having to go against any uh, uh, teams that are intact. But, man, this offense still hasn't – against Dallas, who defense is much more improved, but it isn't world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. Only being able to put up 19 points is concerning to me. So, you know, but right now to the victor goes to spoils, and they control the narrative. But I'm trying to figure out if this is fool's goal because I don't know if they're back or if this is just um, something right place, right time. I'll tell you, if you get a healthy Christian Jones and seeing the damage that he – 
wreaked yesterday in that football game on the defensive side of the ball. That's a step in the right direction for him. And, and to your point about the Cowboys, boy, think about it. The AFC West has been a nightmare for them this season. They had the stinker against the Broncos a couple of weeks ago. They yep. lose to Kansas City yesterday. They got the Raiders coming up here on Turkey Day. I mean, they don't want to make it a trifecta because, you know, a couple of more losses, and then maybe that breeds some life into some of these other teams in that NFC East because let's not forget, we still have seven more weeks left of the season. A lot could happen. Yeah, I mean, I think one of those dark horses may not be the Giants. It may be the the uh, Philadelphia Eagles who are, who are yeah, playing right? well. You know, Jalen Hurts is trying to solidify the the quarterback position for the future, and they're playing well. They're running the ball well. They're putting up points. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. You know, maybe two two um, Mondays from now we'll be talking about. Hey, well, look at what where the Eagles are right now. They're they're in their position. But the, another one that surprised me. Well, it didn't surprise because I picked it. Uh, was that the Indianapolis coach, you know, went up to Orchard Park and really just dominated the uh, Buffalo Bills. And I think Jonathan what we're realizing Taylor. is, I think what we're, what we're realizing is the Bills are built to beat Kansas City. They're not built to beat powerful run games and outfits. And the unfortunate thing for them is that not only is, does Tennessee exist and, you know, if Tennessee is able to get the overall pick, Derrick Henry potentially would be back. Bad news for the Bills. But also you look at within their own division, that's the way that the that the Patriots play football and they're going to have to figure out how do they stop physical run games because they're getting beat at the point of attack from a defensive standpoint and on the offensive standpoint for themselves, they can't run the football. They try to breed a 50 yards. You know, you got to be able to run the ball more effectively than that in this league, especially when you talk about what's going on with the weather outside, you know, it's going to be inclement weather. You're going to start seeing kickoffs fall short. You're going to start seeing footballs get more slick. And this is when the big boys, this is when the men, the, the men, you put the kids, the women and, and kids to bed and the men come out and play ball and you got to be tough. You know, I think it's a bad sign that they, they're they getting bullied by running the ball because it's great to be able to pass the ball on the other side. But if you can't get the ball, you can't get it back. You're going to lose a lot of games in this league. And we know that the running game is not exactly a strong feature of the Buffalo Bills offensively. I mean, Josh Allen tucks it in and runs, but in terms of that dependability from their backs, they just haven't got it really the last couple of years. So you're right about that. I mean, a running game and a good defense, that'll travel anywhere you want to go, especially once you get into late in the season and January football type weather for sure here. But good job by Indianapolis shaking off the rust after what, a one and four start to the season. They have to They'll deal be with dangerous. some adversity. They're going to be dangerous team. I mean, I picked them to win that division. They might not because Tennessee got off to a big start but who yeah. knows and I mean boy the Titans yesterday that was one that I don't know if anybody saw coming I know that it was nasty you talk about weather I mean it was a monsoon in that game in Tennessee yesterday but give the Texans credit going in there getting the job done winning an ugly sloppy football game and we talk about the Texans because that's next up for the Jets a trip down to the Lone Star State coming up here on Sunday well you look at the Texans and what they've been able to do all year they play tough right they have talent on that side of the ball they still have Burkhead. They have Brandon Cooks. They have, um, you know, guys that over there that are professionals. You talk about now. Tyrod's back at quarterback, so yeah, Tyrod's back, and it, and it showed. And you can't turn the football over. Listen, this is a team that pushed with with, with Mills, pushed the Patriots all the way to the brink. You know, almost almost got the victory against the Patriots. So listen, they're they're no pushover. They're going to come in in the same way that the Jets are looking at them. They're looking at the Jets as an opportunity to get a win. You know, so like, you know, just better be ready because this is going to be an evenly matched contest. And Tyrod is a savvy, crafty type of player. And somebody's going to have to step up because he's going to make the plays. He's not going to beat himself. He's going to be smart with the ball. And he's 
He's more athletic than people think, and he's a guy that can run with the football. You know, that Green Bay-Minnesota game yesterday, you talked about that one a nail-biter. Too. I mean, but, but think about it. Like, Minnesota, that's every game they play this year. Like, they've had I, – I, I've 18, lost count. 18 it's, points. It's 18 points. Their losses have come as a grand total is 18 points. They should have beat the Cardinals. They missed a 37-yard field goal. They're always in every game. They just have been coming up on the short end of the stick. Dalvin Cook back. Jefferson may be the best receiver in the game. And Thielen is nothing to, to sneeze at either. either. Yep. He's a he's a multi-pro bowler. As long as they don't play night games, then Kirk Cousins okay, right? I mean, <laughs> but yeah, you know, he doesn't. That's what we always say. As long as, as long as it's not four o'clock or eight o'clock, you're good. He's good to go. But it's like I think it's all but two games have been decided on the last play of the game for them this year. I mean, Rodgers didn't play a bad game yesterday. I mean, he looked more like the Aaron Rodgers we're used to seeing as opposed to the guy last week against Seattle. But my, yeah. I mean, give this Viking team credit, like. I don't know if they're an elite team, which we know they're not, but they're dangerous, and they can beat anybody, I think, on any given day. But I'm going to ask you this. Who is an elite team? Because if anything, this NFL is showing us it's Even parity with finish league, and it's whoever shows up, whoever makes the big plays and don't beat themselves. And listen, when Dalvin Cook is running like that, it opens everything up for Kirk Cousins, and his defense is getting healthier. I know they lost to Neil Hunter, but they still you know, got um, Harrison Smith. And remember, that's why you can't look at people's – records because you you have to be, make sure that you understand the context in which their record is what it is right because they should have beat Arizona but also Harrison Smith and they had a little COVID outbreak Dozier a former Jet was uh, hospitalized and guys are getting healthy and their guys are coming back so you can never overlook that no doubt about it and again another reminder just how long this season is I know we keep saying it but it's so true yeah. that my goodness, there's so many different storylines. Now team we're at the halfway mark, technically from last year. Now we're at the halfway mark from what yep. would be last year. Seven games to go. Some teams still have a bye. It's eight weeks is usually what it is. And, you know, guys are just limping to the finish line. So it's about who can stay healthy, who can get healthy, and who can be available. Because you can have the best roster in football. If they're not available, they're not playing, then what's the use? Get your tickets to see the Jets host the Eagles on Sunday, December 5th at 1 p.m. at MetLife Stadium, presented by SAP. Lock in your seats at nyjets.com slash tickets. You mentioned the bye week. There's actually two teams that have a bye this week on Thanksgiving week. I mean, if that's you as a player, don't you just, like, pig out and, and let loose, knowing that you don't got to worry about football this week? I think it's the Chiefs and one other team. I mean, how cool is that? Oh, that's perfect, man. It's going to be amazing, man. i tell you what, man. Thanksgiving football is always unique for me. Um Tradition in my family, being from Detroit, that, you know, we, we're forced to usually suffer by watching the Lions. They play the Bears this week. Hopefully they can oh, get a man. W. That, that's a game that if they're going to win one, you know, you talk about yesterday in another tight game against the Cleveland Browns, lose by three. You know, this is a game that maybe they can finally get off the snide because the, the tie is a not a loss, but it's not a win either. Definitely not. Well, listen, my friend, you said it a little bit earlier. We got a lot to be thankful for in all of our lives. And, and I can't tell you how much I enjoy doing this show with you each and every week. Happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, and we'll do it again next week, my friend. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Happy Thanksgiving, all right. everybody. Thanks, bro. There is Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grassa. Thanks for joining us here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.